What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach, coming at you with another episode to hopefully fire you up, get you inspired, and lighting up that inner Spitfire. As a reminder, if you have not already done so, make sure that you're subscribed where you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and on our website, spitfirecoach.com slash episode. Make sure you pass it on to a friend that you think would get inspired by it. Before we get started on today's episode, we wanted to let you know about something that is brand new coming your way. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified leadership coach, head on over to spitfirecoach.com slash coach training to find out more about our inaugural cohort launching soon. So today I want to talk about energy. And of course, when I was thinking about this, I had a story in mind that just happened to me. And, uh, If you've been listening to the show, you may have been hearing kind of my life updates, splitting my time between Denver, Colorado and El Paso, Texas. And for some reason, I don't like flying anymore. I'm like, if I can drive, I want to be on those open roads and spend nine plus hours behind the wheel listening to podcasts and music and books and all those things and talking to friends. And so recently, I uh, took a trip down to El Paso, Route 25, if you've ever done it, interstate. Uh, It runs all the way from Canada to Mexico, if you didn't know that. Maybe that'll be a trivia question one day and I'll know it. Uh, So... I have a Ford Escape and I get relatively good gas mileage and I'm usually pretty good of like, I'm going to stop and stretch my legs, but I'm also like the queen of efficiency. Like I think my love language is maximizing time. Like how many minutes can I save? How much time can I cut off here? How quick can I do this transition? Maybe I should have been, you know, in the pit crew of the Indy 500 or something. So I left and I'm like, that's weird. It's it's expecting me to take like an extra half hour. Usually it's pretty wide open. And so uh, I take off at like 6.30, get my coffee and a snack, and I'm on my way. And I'm like, I'll just grab gas in the morning. Except the place that I normally go to wasn't open. Um, well, I don't usually get my gas at 6.30, so okay, I'll get it when I'm like on my way almost to Colorado Springs. And so I drive about a half hour, 45 minutes, and I notice the time keeps increasing. I'm like, I should go get gas. And so I filled up in between Denver and Colorado Springs and was on my way. And then I see the weather. And the day before, so if you've ever been to Denver, basically the weather does what it wants. The forecast was like rain and we got snow. But the sun usually comes out and then the snow is gone and it's no biggie. Well, where I was going south, the elevation changed and the weather changed. And I-25, which was a three-lane highway, was covered in snow. And it was a sea of red lines everywhere. Uh, I was stopped and I was uh, amongst many friends at about 7 a.m. during the week. I was trying to beat rush hour and apparently I was smack dab in it with the snow. So I was happy that I filled my tank up and there would have been other places to stop. So that was great. Um, But I realized like this is going to add some time, which when you're already doing nine hours, a half hour more uh, affects you. And the last time that we had done this trip, there was a high wind advisory. 
And I've learned my lesson that you should probably heed the warning of the high winds because they mean business. Um, and so on that trip, we saw at least four 18-wheelers that were knocked off the side of the road and a train was stopped in the middle of the highway that we needed to cross, uh, forcing us to double back 30 miles and go in a completely different direction. And so I said, I'm not gonna get stuck in that spot again. I'm gonna go and take I-25 all the way down through Santa Fe, through Albuquerque. We'll have more options to stop, it'll be fine. And so I continue on my way, um, knowing full well it's gonna take me over 10 hours, closer to 10 and a half at this point. And so uh, I keep going and I stopped briefly to get some lunch. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna just go and get some gas in a town called Bellin. I do remember it. And I put my card in and it said, please see attendant inside. And me wanting to be efficient, I'm like, I am not going inside. I don't have to go inside. I'm good. I'd already stopped and had lunch. I'm like, this is so inefficient. So I put my card back in my wallet and I'm like, I will stop in the next town. Well, the next town came up and I didn't see any other towns on that fun little green mile marker. And this was different because it was literally like every 10 miles there was something. And I look at my gas tank estimator and it said, you have 62 miles left of gas. And I'm like, there's got to be something between, I think it was called Santa, Santa, Santa Antonio or something like that. And I pass the exit and there I see the green sign with the list of the upcoming towns. And the closest town at 72 miles away was truth or consequences. Yes, I know. It's very fitting. And if you're doing math in your head right now, we're looking at a 10 mile discrepancy. I'm also facing headwinds, which means that I'm burning gas at an even faster rate than what it's expecting. And I'm going through some substantial elevation. And at that moment, I had an oh shit uh, <laughs> recollection and awareness. And so I go onto my Apple Maps and I say, look for gas. And it tells me exactly where it is, which is in truth or consequences. There is nothing coming up. And there are also no exits to turn back around because you might be thinking, well, Lauren, just go and turn around. Well, we're on a major interstate and there is not a single exit. And so I keep going and I am about halfway there and I'm, I've turned my air conditioning off. I reduce my speed. I'm doing everything I know how to do to reduce the impact on my gas mileage. And that number is only getting smaller and smaller. And I have this moment of, oh shit, what do I do? So I unplug my phone and I ask Siri, because in the back of my head, I think I remember someone telling me, well, don't worry if you ever are on empty because you will have extra miles in the tank. And so I do a, a verbal Google essentially and ask how many miles after empty do I have? And I will tell you the range was one mile to 80. And uh, that does not feel very um, secure <laughs> in a number. And I wasn't really willing to gamble uh, getting stuck in the desert where I didn't have cell service because that's the other thing. Once you're in certain parts of New Mexico, you lose cell service. And so uh, I'm going through all of these scenarios in my head and I realize that at some point, I'm not gonna have enough gas even if I turn back around. And as I'm having this thought, I see an exit come up 
and I see a blue sign that has lodging, campground, and gas. And I see icons there. And then the next sign says gas, lodging, camping, and they're completely blank. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I look over on the horizon to the left side, um, or what would be the east side, after the bridge goes over, and there was a truck stop. I'm like, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm not a religious person, but I started talking to all the gods up there. And I'm like, thank you. I'm thinking positively. And I exit. And as I get over there, I look at the gas pumps. And on each of them are yellow bags that say, out of order. And I'm like, oh my God, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) And at this point, I have... 22 miles to go until I'm completely empty. And so I go into this store that has, you know, some rice aroni and cup of noodles and some coffee that, you know, I don't know how long I'd been sitting there. And there was a guy taking inventory of the stuff. And I said, there's, there's no chance you guys have gas for sale here. And he's like, no, our, our boss tells us we can't sell it. And I'm like, okay, so there's nothing that's within 25 miles of here. And they're like, you can go back up north. And I was like, I'm not going to make it at this point. And so uh, his colleague came in and he had a nice little revolver sitting on, on his belt. And I just looked at him and he's like, we can sell it if it's an emergency. Is it an emergency? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to run out of gas. Uh, I'm not going to make it to truth or consequences. And I'm not going to make it north to that town there. And they said, we can sell you a couple gallons for 20 bucks. I said, that is the best $20 I've ever spent. And so uh, I went outside and they filled my, my tank up. Well, they didn't fill my tank up. They gave me three gallons of gas. And the guy told me, he said, you know, I thought it was the dumbest policy that my boss said we couldn't, we couldn't sell gas here. And, you know, I get it. It's inefficient to have gas there. They have to go up to the next station, which is about 30 miles or 40 miles away uh, to fill up their tanks for their equipment that they have there. And so they can't do it for everybody. But he said, you know, I have twin daughters and I just can't imagine them being in this situation and someone not helping them. And I said, you know, it's really good that you have dad conscience and that you spoke up and I'm really thankful. And uh, yeah, so lots of lessons there. Um, Number one, ask for help. Number two, uh, actually probably should be the first one is never go under halfway full. And I think that this is true for your cars and for yourself, because you never know when you're going to have to do these long stretches. You never know when you're going to have to go beyond where the next rest stop is. And so if you're constantly, you know, pushing on fumes, you don't know when you're going to putter out and you don't want to break down. And thankfully I didn't, but it was a huge awareness point for me. Number one, I'm looking at getting a Prius right now because I want larger, a larger range um, for my tank of gas. Um, but it's just checking and not assuming that there's going to be resources. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey where essentially there was a gas station on every corner. Like you were never going to be without. And so knowing your surroundings, understanding what your your energetic capacity is, what you got left in the tank, and then what the next stretch is going to look like. So there were tons of places where I could have reflected and learned and and not, you know, outsmarted, you know, why didn't I go in and just get gas? Like, why didn't I avoid human re- inter- interaction? Like, you know, these are questions that I'm not like, what was that about? Um, so 
As a reminder, whether you're going on road trips, whether you're commuting, whether you are running a race, whether you are going to work, whether you are taking care of family members or kids or whatever it is, make sure that you are checking in on your energy levels, making sure that you are trying to fill your tank up as much as you can because going on fumes is scary. Uh, you're not at your best. You are not going at the speed you want to go. You are not going to make it to your destination in the time that you want. Uh, I ended up spending a lot more time than I wanted to, and it ended up taking me about 11 hours to get to El Paso. So uh, I hope that you have taken away something from my almost really serious mishap and fun story that I got to tell people on the way from Truth or Consequences down to El Paso. Uh, If you have a fun story about running out of gas, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Feel free to leave a review and let me know your story. And for all the Spitfires out there, you keep being awesome.